Hello, good afternoon. You are locked into Revive FM 94.0 on the Power Hour with Louise Power and my special guest, grassroots entrepreneur, motivational speaker and mentor, Mr. Eldridge Cook. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) This show is about community matters, diversity and inclusion, a platform for women, leadership, entrepreneurship and inspirational stories. I hope to connect with the hearts and minds of the people. Um, Having been live on the air now for three weeks, things have started to warm up. So please stay connected and call into the show to be part of this conversation by calling 0333 444 0940. You can also listen live on www.revivefm.co.uk. And um, yeah, so today I have a special guest, Mr. Eldridge Cook, and um, we're going to be having a conversation speaking about lots of different subjects to do with community and his own backstory and yeah i'm just so honored to have you here in the studio today um we're going to is it let it roar we are going to raise raise the roar roar. yeah and i can't wait to hear all about it so yeah just give you lead it over to you now so you can introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about raising the roar and a little bit about mr eldridge cook and then we'll go through some questions so where do you want to start there's a lot and you've only got an hour so i know i know i think well 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 first of all um what i know is that you're an entrepreneur I know you've had various uh, businesses, um, selling clothes and property. And yeah, I'm just really interested in your your story, your backstory, and also for us to just talk about a little little bit bit about community. So yeah, if you just introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about, you know, what motivated you to start your business and yeah, just just hear a little bit about you. I gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, Eldridge Cook um, from eldridgecook.com. Um, yeah, it all started, I'm obviously a local, we're in sort of um, Newham now, but I started in the neighbouring borough, that's Waltham Forest, um, grew up in uh, a couple of the estates there, Oliver Close is where I started, and then uh, the family moved over to Cattle Road Estate, um, we left there and moved up to a, a sort of more housing estate in Chinkford, so the sort of main days were in this sort of council estate kind of vibration. Um yeah, I grew up with my mum and my siblings. Um, if you know, if you look on my website, you can see that I talk quite openly about uh, the father figures in my life, and I use it as a plural because obviously I have my bi- biological father, and uh, and then I had um, what they call a stepfather. Um, I think that's quite important because um, when we're speaking about you know our backgrounds and where we're coming from, I think. Um, families kind of play a big role in, you know, how we kind of um, grow and how we kind of get down or whatever. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I had two of those. So um, biological was there for a couple of years. Yeah. And then um, a, a few so years So bonus on, really in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> a few years on um, in came, um, you know, my stepdad who was um, b- both two interesting men. Yeah. Two interesting men in terms of um, they, they were uh, men of the people. Um, men of the pavement, as it were, you know, um, big names in the yeah. environment. Or from where they was from. From where they were yeah. from. Uh, and, and then, you know, they're, so they're both from Jamaica, but they both came to London and they both were na- yeah. what we might call name brand guys in their, in their surroundings. Yeah? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, um, yeah, so we, you know, so we went to school um, and a regular kind of upbringing in school, I suppose, um, I don't know if we took education that seriously. seriously? Mm-hmm. I think we just went Did you leave school with GCSEs? Um, very mediocre GCSEs, to be honest. Uh-huh. Um, or was we, it GCSEs then, or was it GC? Yeah, we were the first ones to do GCSEs. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, left school with um, sort of mediocre GCSEs and because obviously we were more interested in those days in... Um, the opposite sex maybe and just being look looking looking <laughs> looking <laughs> looking at the talent yeah this that sort of thing <laughs> uh, that sort of thing so yeah so so we left school we left school with um mediocre qualifications um i don't think the interest or the push really was you know to be educated i yes. don't think and i don't think that was really a push from the outside or the inside but at this point I suppose I would say that my biological dad always used to push for education yes he always used to say that education was the key 
um, and he was um, a pan-Africanist in in his ideology. Yeah. Um, Would so you, if you just if you just let the listeners know what kind what pan-Africanism is. In just a basic, a few... Google it. Okay. Um, yeah, so I'd say Google it. But if yeah. you, And you can also Google the name Eldridge Cleaver, who yes. was a... a, a um, I was named after um, a community activist at that time in the, in the um, late 60s, Eldridge Cleaver. Mm-hmm. Um, and he that, was that, part of the Black Panther Party. And and that part where you said your, your dad was very... You know, he, he was good around... He, he used to t- talk to you about education. Mm-hmm. It was very instrumental in your life in that sense. Was this kind of the motivation around starting the business because i think yeah i think my um my biological dad um was very entrepreneurial as well um he was always involved in he he was a barber by trade but he was always interested in in doing different business i think business took him away from us and sent him over to new york city in that time in the 70s where the bright lights were right um, but he was always trying something or another and in our communications um education and back to africa was something that he really used to preach right and i know that when i was speaking to you briefly about your entrepreneurial journey you said i literally started selling one pair of jeans yes at a time yes um and that really resonated with me because the passion for yeah. what you wanted yeah. and the fact that you started you know nobody gave you gave you any handouts no you no, just no. had that entrepreneurial flair, flair. burning yeah. desire yeah. you knew what you wanted to do yeah. you wasn't gonna take no for an answer and you had your own focus and i think that says a lot yeah um and yeah just that really resonated with me so i'd really like to lab- elaborate a little bit on those early days okay, okay. um because i can imagine that you know, you said that you, you you didn't leave school with much of an education. You probably could have chosen a completely different road. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, um, so let's get cozy yeah, in the seat. Let's yeah, get let's 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 lean back and get cu- yeah. comfortable because I know we've got a lot of listeners. Yes, and um, we we want them to be involved and we hope that they call in, but we want them to to really to hear about what's going on. Yeah, yeah. no problem. So so we leave school. Um, not many qualifications. Closer to the mic if you Sorry. can. Yeah, we leave school. So I can't lean back. <laughs> so <laughs> we, leave, we, we leave school with um, mediocre qualifications, um, and then we go out into the big wide world. Where at that time, I think you know that sort of fifteen, sixteen years old is when people start to look at trying to earn money and trying to get out of you know the posit- poverty trap because mm-hmm. we was all on an estate or another. A lot of single parent and fatherness was going on if that's a term and so people were looking at about getting money so this stereo that stereotype of you know young black men selling drugs and all that was about then so that's got to be a support pays the late 80s or something like that so one thing i knew from then um was that i didn't want to fit the stereotype so i did a yts um what you call a youth training scheme mm-hmm. And um, I went and worked in an estate agent, funny enough. At that time, I didn't really know what an estate agent was. really was. Yeah. But I just knew I couldn't just be outside. So we used to kind of, me and my friends used to hang around in the careers centre, mm-hmm. being down and cool, chatting up the careers ladies. But really, we, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we, we wanted something a little bit more. So I did a YTS and an estate agent. And then I went on to um work in a company called helium baker up in the west end that was yeah. a surveyors company again i didn't really know what they were but i you know i did it and then i went and worked for what they called midland bank so i was mm. in midland bank for a year or I so remember midland yeah right so when i got there now it was for, for me it was um a job and for my mum, she was on top of the world because i used to dress up in a suit and suit, tie and yeah. she said yes you have a good job and you had ambition you, know what I mean? you have ambition and you know she was proud that <laughs> I'd kind of pushed out that. But for me, it was boring because I wanted to be the manager in like three months. Right. And I realised being in there that it was very routine. you got to do your job and do your job and Mon- do your did job Did you again. feel like it was monotonous? Very monotonous. And there wasn't anybody that was saying, you know, Eldred, we see something in you. I was, I was asking the... I mean, I used to... I don't know if anybody remembers, but there used to be a little an inquiry window. And so I used to open a window and I could always deal with the customers, even like not being in yeah. the bank for a long time. Um, and they always used to say, oh, you can really deal with the customers. But to me, it was just dealing with people. Yeah. And we do people. So it was, but I still found it. I worked in the the West End, sort of Knightsbridge area. And that, going on that tube 
was crazy to me getting on the tube doing that routine it just seemed like i used to sit there thinking i was going mad I, the, the rat race that's right. when i learned what the rat race was i came local um to the chinkford branch and i was there and i was just like nah this this is not for me and all i could hear was my mum in the back of the boat so saying, yeah. you're gonna leave the good yeah, good yeah, job you're gonna leave the good job <laughs> the good good job after you, know you work I mean? so hard hard you see yeah. so so i i kind of ended up that's when i think i just started to sort of buy and sell okay. things you you, um, you realize did you realize at that point that you was an entrepreneur or more to the point did you realize you, what an entrepreneur even was definitely didn't know what an entrepreneur was definitely didn't even understand that i was a businessman um i think that what we tend to get told is like you're a hustler mm-hmm. and now in this modern day time i hear a lot of public speakers and kind of gurus talk about hustle 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 but when you're from that sort of background the word hustle is not it's kind of frowned upon so me being an entrepreneur i was just like a hustler and people didn't really know mm. so you didn't really get like encouraged even because right. it's like or uh, are you doing like wrong what are you doing yeah yeah, you yeah. Know? is it a little is it a little is it a little something illegal on the yeah. side it wasn't there was a stigma about yeah, it. it wasn't definitely. quite it wasn't yeah the, you didn't get that big up and uh, obviously we were young men of that time and to be honest and to any young people out here obviously we were coming from that day and i'm telling everybody was getting money whether they were selling drugs whether they were burgling whether they were doing fraud or whatever so it uh, and as an entrepreneur you have to go through these great areas yeah and that's just to be totally vulnerable and open to anyone who could be listening so it is difficult but i try my hardest to stick to the, the, the script and when you talk about um you know when i first started selling clothes i've got a story that says i, I started selling clothes with 50 pounds and a smile right 50 pounds and a smile and that was going to the wholesalers in uh, Whitechapel commercial road going in and buying um what i saw people wearing yes. went to the wholesalers that the, the, at the time it was like a lot of the pakistani traders would say yeah wholesale only i didn't even know no, what wholesale was. was i didn't even know what wholesale was so i went in there and i bought a few things and then when put me in my car started to drive about approaching people and then the wholesalers used to see us every two days how did people react when you first pulled up on them and said you know well well in the end of the day which it's just it was just a smooth operator one isn't it (laughs) so you 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 know in in sales when you do sales courses they teach you all these things but for us we had to learn it off of the back so it's just about approaching people um you know um opening up conversation and then just um just telling them you've got Telling them how lovely they looked, firstly, and then telling them that you had a few bits in the in the boot. Would you like to have a look? That yeah. was the opening. And then from literally selling jeans out of the back of your car, that developed, didn't it, onto yes. having a, a clothes shop on on Leighton High Road? Yeah, well, low key clothing. Yeah, well, I had low key clothing, which I still have low key clothing to this very day. Uh-huh. Um, what plug time? www.low-keyclothing.com. Um, where we still do print print clothes and we sell you know um, any any kind of print where you need yeah. and stuff like that we still do. But <clears throat> before I got to low key, I did some market trading. Um, I also used to buy wholesale and I used to distribute to other resellers. So I had uh-huh. a kind of resale network. Again, I didn't know that that's what was going on. Oh. So I had my own sort of company distribution and sales. But again, you were just quote-unquote hustling so 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 if i'm totally honest low-key what people saw in the high road was almost at the latter end that was now i'm just bricks so i can't be around i'm not i'm not everywhere when i was everywhere and when i was supplying people with with clothes and so on and so forth that was really weird that that was that was an ingenious strategy when i turned to the bricks and tried to get sensible you're just relying on the passing trade, but that's yeah. You know. That was you was relying on the footfall, the people footfall, that are walking, yes, walk, working yes, past you. Was yes. there was no longer hustling at the that's back right, of the car. There was no right. longer turn up in spots where people that's are. Right. It was a more formal, yes, kind of yes communication, right? Yes, yes. And I'm really interested to know how many other black males at that time had a shop on the high street because you was. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I think um, we were also um, my brother and I. Um, yeah. Garvey's um, barbers mm-hmm. um, so we had a barber shop so as you reminded me we when when we first had our first Leighton barber shop I actually had a shop downstairs actually in the dusty cellar and if anybody's listening who remembers those days 
We used to walk down a dangerous... I used to make people walk down a dangerous set of stairs in a dusty cellar and I used to have a close shot there. That's way... So that's in the mix of wow. doing everything else. So low, as I said, low-key, as, as, as it was known then, was, yeah, the, the, the latter end. So we had the Garvey's Barbershop and we had low-key clothing. And yeah, I think that we were probably... You know, after that, the 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 the, the, the barber um, industry kind of kicked off, and you know, people started <coughs> to have barber shops and clothes in their barber shops. But I'm gonna say, yeah, that we probably originated that style of listen, doing yeah. And this was way before e-commerce, guys. That's this is right. way before people could order right. two, three, four things That's over right. the internet, right. get it sent to your house. This was when you know people had to really, like he said, hustle. H u s t l e network. Come Make on. telephone calls, we to do you know, it all. put flyer, you know, and and really put yourself Gift out. Gift of the gab. Give, Definitely. <laughs> Gift of the gab. Gift of Definitely. the gab. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting to hear your story. Um, and I think it's really inspirational as well, Thank especially you. for a lot of the young black men that are coming up at the moment for them to hear that, you know, under more difficult circumstances, you was able to do that. And I just wanted to know, was there anybody in particular that was a driving force, somebody like a teacher at school or a mentor, someone in the family, you know, that was really sort of like instrumental in, in supporting you in All right, so, what so, you was doing yeah, or, or a group of friends or something that, I the, think, the I inspiration, think, something on television? Yeah, I think, I think... Like I said, my my dad in the in the sort of um, sporadic kind of conversations we would had would always talk about the education mm-hmm. and understanding. If you understand <clears throat> the system, if you understand where you are, you can always kind of you know you, yeah. you can always turn something. So I was, I, I'm, I'm going to have to say that um, he was a part of an inspiration. I found when I was in school, you had that special teacher who could kind of identify that you had a, something a little bit different about, about you. you. Um, I could even say a teacher's name. It was uh, Miss Dinnell, and she was in McKenty. Big up Miss Dinnell, yeah, yeah? Miss Dinnell, and if she was listening. in McKenty, yeah. And she and she did. She she would pull me aside and say, "Listen, you're doing this, 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 and this, but actually, I can see something different, different in you." In you. Um, but bar that, it was very difficult to find inspiration because most of the people at that time was starting to get involved in crime, drugs and, and, and what they call now as antisocial behaviour. So that was that was prevalent mm. at that time. But you didn't go down that. Yeah, so so and that's what I saw. Right. What I saw, part of my um motivation. Right. And and because you got I did get inspired by the streets. I did. Yes. I got inspired by the streets. But what I said is um, I don't know if, if if people know the terminology, but people who used to be street farm pharmacists were called shotters. So to yes. me, I said, "Well, I'm going to shot the shotters. Right. I'm going to shot the shotters because so you I turned it on his head. Turned it on his head because what I was clear about was that that lifestyle is about. It's all outward. Right. It's all about dressing, looking good, having the latest this, that, and the other. So I realised, um, right, I'm not going to sell what they're selling because I know what the ramifications are. But here, what I'm going to do is I'm I'm going to shot the shotters and. Part of my market were people who were fast life guys because I knew they don't, they're not going to the shop because they've got to be on that, the corner. And you knew that they had the money to... they got the money. And they wanted the style. And they want the style and they can't get to the shop because they've got to be on the corner. So when we when we were really doing that mobile thing, Cold Arbor Lane, Brixton, Lewisham, and I um, used to do a bit of yeah. East, but East was slow. East wasn't as... as so you're as, from, as, yeah, you're from the community. Yeah. You, you know, you're from the streets, but you wasn't... You you look turn it on his head in a different way. Yeah, because in order to yeah, make money. yeah, like like other people do. Well, I'm loving this shot. The yeah. shotters, you know, shot the shot shotters. shotters yeah, on. we're going to go into commercial break, and when we come back, please give us a call on zero three 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 four 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 zero four 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 zero nine four zero. That's zero three 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 four 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 zero nine four zero. We'll be back for the, with the power hour. Manjaro's Restaurant Ilford, the ultimate dining experience. Try our signature Parmesan chicken or our exclusive chicken supreme. Our recipes are based on a blend of African and Caribbean flavours. Check out our extensive menu online at manjaro's.co.uk. Come and visit us at 213 to 215 Ilford Lane, Ilford or call 0208 514 4455. Menjaro's, tasting is believing. The hell 
hilarious Arabs vs Asian stand-up comedy show is coming to Ilford, East London. It's happening on Friday the 13th of March at Kenneth Moore Theatre in Ilford, featuring award-winning and hilarious comedians in both the teams. Come enjoy two hours of non-stop laughter. For tickets, please call 077-99-763676 or visit planyourentertainment.com. See you there. Did you know that girls like Noura walk an average of three miles every day in search of clean water to support their families? Minhaj Welfare Foundation believes you can end the water crisis by building small and large-scale water projects. Your charity is helping improve the lives of communities living in the poorest regions of the world. However, more needs to be done. Support Water for All. Donate today. Call us now. 0300-3030-777 or visit us on minhajwelfare.org. Nikah, talaq, counseling on matrimonial disputes, Islamic wills, Islamic law of inheritance or an Islamic verdict on any other issue. The Muslim Sharia Council is at your service. We provide official certification and our experienced and highly qualified Imams are available to provide you with guidance when needed. MQI London is based at 292-296 Romford Road, Forest Gate. We are open from Monday to Friday 2-4pm to or alternatively call us now on 0208 257-1786. If you're looking for a unique bespoke cake made especially for your big day, then look no further. Here at Sugar Sprinkle Cakery, we design some of the most imaginative and delicious home-baked cakes for your special occasions. We do fresh cream, buttercream, eggless and vegan cakes. Check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Sugar Sprinkle Cakery or just call 07932-665-833. That's 07932-665-833. Here at Duncan Lewis Solicitors, we specialize in immigration and family law. We have a proven track record of successful applicants who we've helped secure permanent residency for. From spouse visas to seeking asylum, our expert advisors will assist you throughout the whole application process. We offer a free no obligation consultation, so call us now on 0208 432-3350 or visit us at 298 Romford Road, London E79HD Revive FM 94.0 On the radio On your mobile And online Hello and welcome back to Revive FM 94.0 on the Power Hour with Louise Power and my special guest, Mr. Eldridge Cook. Um, he's an entrepreneur, he's a mentor, he's a motivational speaker, and I'm really happy to have him here in the house today. Um, we're speaking a little bit about his story. You know, he started as an entrepreneur grassroots way before e-commerce when he was selling jeans out of his car. Um, and excelled on to have a shop and many other things. So w- once again, Eldridge, thank you and welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, you was talking to me about the fact that you, you know, you started selling jeans out of a car and then you had a shop. What other kinds of businesses did you move on to after that? So what I did is um, um, I knew I wasn't sure, but I was hearing about property and um, I actually read rich dad poor dad and just yeah just just kind of got you know i knew that property was something but again without that kind of without that kind of mentorship and people who had kind of done it i kind of stumbled into it and sort of just bought something um i I had someone around me at the time who kind of who i met through the clothing business and kind of um enlightened me but if i'm honest i was quite resistant to that character because he wasn't the norm yeah i was kind of when you say bought something you bought Yes, yeah, so I bought something. I bought my first property. Property, yes. So, so when I say I bought something, because I wasn't quite sure, so I, you know, so I invested in my first property, um, and that one was in uh, just just in my local area. That was in Leighton. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of understood and started to learn about remortgaging. Um, so I bought another one. Uh, learned a bit more in times going. Bought another one. Wow. I bought another one and another one, and you know, yeah. and, and and to this current day, so I've. I've, I've kind of built a, a property portfolio. Yeah. Um, it, was that self-taught? Self-taught. Now there's a lot of courses and, you know, um, that's kind of one of my future ventures to be running courses and running workshops on on um, uh, property investment and stuff like that. But at that time it was self-taught, trial and error, mm-hmm. um, and just keeping on top of 
what I would say there was paying the bills, right. paying the mortgages, make sure that when when the rents come in, you put them in the bank against yeah. what you owe. And, and you rent like those that. properties out. You rented those properties out to people you knew initially, or just no. Nope. Just- I, re- I rented those properties out um, through you know the local uh, agent, agents, yeah, yeah, or whatever. It's, it's it's you know it's really on on time in terms of subject actually because this week. Um, in the news, there's been a battle against the d- discrimination of practice yes. um, for landlords not renting to benefit claimants that have, um, and there's been two legal victories by single parents, right. um, single mothers actually, yep. where um, they've won some money against um, landlords yes. and estate agents because they wasn't renting to them because of DSS. Yes. Um, and some landlords, I think 80% were saying, we didn't realise that we couldn't, do that we thought that we could say no dss 80 percent, but it's actually illegal um and they and some landlords were saying but agents tell us to do that um i know it's quite a big subject and i don't want to spend too long but what do you think about it coming from the ends coming from where we come from coming from knowing that there is a lot of disadvantage and some um people from our community are on are on benefits for various reasons and they rely on that. We need that in our community, right? But we also deserve to have nice housing, good accommodation, and the same kind of rights as everybody else. Well, that's just my opinion. Although I do believe that some kinds of individuals may come with antisocial behaviour, but you could have antisocial behaviour from somebody that can afford the rent as well. Um, I know it's a massive, massive topic, but as we're on property and, and you're a property owner, what, what do you think about that? So I'll just come, I'll come straight to the point. I think it's about your position and the perspective. So you spoke about the, the, you know, the tenant side, but also from a landlord's perspective, people um, and being an entrepreneur, property entrepreneur, people buy properties to profit, to get a return on their investment. So um, what you've got to do is make sure that you're, 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 you minimise your risk. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to advocate that you should take DSS or not. But what I do know is that with the with the benefit system, local authorities or whatever don't pay money direct to the landlord, so it still goes into the hand of the of the tenant. Yes. So if the money goes into the wrong hands and the rent doesn't get paid, there's also a big legislation and law. Um, against um, so it's ways to tenants in, in, in terms of eviction and stuff like that uh, they've got so lots they, of rights lots of rights so I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to um, I'm going to sit on the fence but I'm, it's about your position and mm-hmm. your perspective and what you said is when you come from sort of you know limited resources and, and then you become successful and, and especially in something like property you kind of can get a psychological kind of I'm going to use a word called cognitive dissonance yes. meaning that you kind of you, you, you want to get further and, and sort of rent and, and you want to reduce your risk, but at the same time, you know what it is. To be in that situation, need. I would love to. So, you, has anybody got any opinions on this? On 0333444-0940. It doesn't matter if we move on to other subjects, you can always call up and, and, and tell us your so, opinion. So it is positions and perspectives because depending on where you sit today, you're going to yes. have a different stance. But as I say, for me, who's come from a certain background, and now, I've, as a businessman, I'm yes. going to have that for you. As a as a as a community person, I'm going to have another. Was it view. a bit difficult at the beginning? Sometimes your heartstrings were pulled a little bit more towards the community than it was to towards business. Have you ever been in that situation where you're sort of like you're, you're pulled either way because you're sitting on the fence, basically? So, so the beauty of of doing business, how I did it, and 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 selling clothes and being on the pavement and being on the road and whatever, I learned a lot and I studied as well maybe if we get time to talk about that so by the time I got into property I think I was quite clear on um you know who I kind of you know wanted in my properties and that's why I used yeah. agents in opposed to sort of like the renting to friends and yeah and, and, is, and, is the government perhaps doing a disservice to people that are on benefits and and you know should be just paying the landlord direct that way there's a win-win situation people can get you know, that's good, right. Good accommodation, one hundred percent, one hundred percent, and the landlords feel yeah, yeah, because the government are not coming in and and, and going to chase somebody who hasn't paid the landlord their rent. So it's a big, it's a big, big one. Um, yeah, it's very yeah, it's big. A big so one. It, it's one thing to and I, you know, it's always it's sad for people in that position and people are turning. It's discriminate. It's, it's discriminatory. Yeah. But again, where we come from, you made me understand it from a different perspective. Right. That but actually, we, yeah, you know, the, the fear is. 
am I going to get paid? You see. Yeah. And that's why that, that sort of no DSS has come about, you right. know, because of experiences. Because of that, because of that loophole, So there's perhaps. law, but then there's the actual real world. Well, yeah, right, the experience. <laughs> and, and going back into um, you speaking about being raised by a biological father and your, your stepfather and the things that your dad used to say to you about education. <clears throat> and you also mentioned to me before that you, you it was sort of like a single parent home, mm-hmm. yeah, that mm-hmm. you was raised in. And I know that, you know, you're married with children. So I wanted to know, can you see a difference, you know, being the child and then being the parent, how instrumentally different it is, like the bent, you know, children being raised with, with parents that are, that are married and, and, you know, can you, can you see the difference in your, in your, in your, I, I think, I think to be honest, like <laughs> the single parent lifestyle yes. for me and the adversity was yes. a motivator and pushed me individually. Right. Now I'm a dad, I've got different views. Um, so there is a, you know, there's a male and female in the house. There's more structure, there's more revenue, there's more comfortability. Um, there might be, I might say there's more cotton wool around these, uh, the, 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 the children now. Yes. Um, so I have, which is, a, is, is another topic, I have a kind of long debate on that. But I, I, I say to people, we can't push our kids back into adversity to make them more focused and, and motivated. Yeah. But I mean, I've just personally <clears throat> enjoyed, you know, being a, being a dad. Um, and if I'm honest, I don't think I'm the best dad in the world because, you know, you've got the stresses of business, you've got the stresses of relationships, you've got the stresses of, yeah. it's not the same as being a single man running up and down, which was a long, long time ago for me. But I think it's, there's benefits. Um, I think there's benefits because not everybody used adversity in the same way. Some people made adversity, send them down the wrong path, yeah. you know, self-sabotage, blah, 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 blah. So, so there is a difference, obviously. Um, but I think we're still going to have to, we've got a long road to go, to go yeah. to see the real benefits of that. So a few generations. Because time, the reason I'm asking you that is because there's so many, especially young black men yes. who are growing up in single parent homes. And yes. as we know, I don't think we can kind of have this conversation without touching on the fact that in our community, there's a massive knife crime issue. Yes. There's, there's, and this single parent home thing has come up quite a lot yeah. that, you know, their, their dads aren't around yeah. and they have no no guidance yeah um so i was really interested to find out you know your perspective as a black man yeah on on this issue okay so i think men um again another another <clears throat> piece of work i do is um on the eldridgecook.com look there to get you know some of the stuff i'm going to say will bring it into context but i think men in general are are struggling and have been struggling um, I think men have been struggling in society for a long time mm-hmm. because of you know, that's why you've got things like toxic masculinity issues about toxic masculinity, high suicide rates, prison rates, and all this, all that sort of stuff. And then I think if you're a black male, yes. there's a little extra layer of complexity. Yes, you see. So 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 for me, it's it's one thing to say that there's a lot of single parent mums and all that stuff and big up all the single parent mums who are doing it on their own mm-hmm. because obviously my mum was one of them and I'm, and I'm quite passionate about that but it's made me also start to investigate men in general and why are, why are those figures so high and then when I've done that investigation I realised it's not just black men you may have other races of men who are in the house but are not really there they're not Be- engaged yeah they're not engaged because men are under pressure from society right. to play these roles and they're not they, historically they can't say I can't do it sometimes right. a man might not be able to do it and he leaves and he walks out the door like but a type of mental mental health kind of yeah it's a struggle yeah, it's, it's a struggle. struggle because you were on your own then you had a relationship and now you've got kids and there's all these expectations is it pressure to you. provide it's pressure to provide and pressure to just be in. When you walk on your own, you brush your mm. teeth, you wash your mm. put on your clothes, you're doing it on your own. Now you have to be looking at a partner and a child. Children, you, you've got a child. So, is that, is that, so would you say men that have got lots of children and are not providing or looking after them, this is a psychological kind of pressure or something that they, I don't know, d- decide is not their problem or... Put it at the back of their minds. What, got, sort of, what sorts of things are they saying to you? What, so, are, men, what, so, what so, are they saying? So I, 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 it's just in my reading because I think this is the whole thing. The whole thing I'm saying is that men 
don't they're not vulnerable they're very surface yeah and they're going to talk about football they're going to talk about the opposite sex they're going to talk about anything surface but they're not going to say i feel like this they're going to blame women they're going to do all of that, that because they're not going to go inside because maybe the emotion that they're feeling they can't deal with right you know so i'm not saying on the up for the records i'm not saying i'm not defending men but there's such a high volume it can't be because of the colour of people's skin. And when you read and go wider, men in general are suffering. I've just been sent a, a, a question for you. Go. Someone had just sent me a scenario and a question. Sienna is a single mother. Yes. And during hard times, she had to take out loans to get by. Yes. And at some point, she couldn't pay them back and her credit was affected. Yes. She wants to know if the government should take action... Um, and transfer some of this default to the father's credit rating who are not paying to make it fair. Wow. What a question. question. What a question. question. Can some people call in, please? 0333-444-0940. That's a big question. It's a big question. She's saying mm, her credit rating was affected because she wasn't getting child support from the dad. Yeah. And it had she been receiving that support, she believes she would have a different kind of credit rating right now. She wants to know, should the government transfer some of that to the father who hasn't been paying? Wow. Yeah, it's a big question. Wow. Can I? Yes. Um, First thing first, unfortunately, the system is not set up that way. So, you know, in, in theory, maybe, but that's not how the system works. And in the end of the day, and I'm going to be frank, if you've taken out the, the, the loans, yeah. it's on your name. This is a system. Yeah. The issue of men and not supporting is almost separate. So you've done the best that you could yeah. um, to try to provide for your family, but you got into a position of default in the system, mm-hmm. you're going to bear the brunt. So unfortunately, that is what it is. But I do commend you for going out there and trying to trying to kind of fend for your family and taking loans and stuff like that. But in this in this environment, this is not how it goes. And I think this is why it's so important that um, relationships, you, women, men have to start to look deeper inside and understand really why they're here and what they really want to do. Wow. <laughs> I really hope that answers your question, Sian. Um Yeah, it's a very, very big question. Um I know that it's something that's not legis- legislative right now. That's right. Um, but I can kind of see where she's coming from. She's probably coming from a real place of pain. Um, at the same time, she's this. It's real, yeah. yeah? Because yeah, the women are left with the responsibility, and they are left in you know dire straits and debt when men are not taking responsibility and helping to support their children. That's right. Um, and you know what do we say then about the fact that you know. I was just thinking about what she what she wrote and you know she might not be able to go on and get get things on on credit for example but the 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 father who isn't contributing to the child can use his really good credit to get on with life but that, but that's sorry to cut you that's if he has good credit so this is about a financial education in our yes. community yeah I think more to more to the point this is about financial education in our community because we don't know the backstory we don't know what we do know is that we've got the the word credit has come up, so some people don't even understand and not aware of what credit how is. important credit is, and we're still in the zone of get money, get money, get money Wow. This is heating up in the studio. Please give us a call. We're going to go into, into commercial break, but please give us a call for the final half, which is 0333-444-0940. Sienna, I hope that answered your question. We're going to be back. I'm going to be asking Eldridge a lot more information about, you know, about himself and, and his backstory. Try to cover as much as I can because we're running out of time. And um, we'll be back after the commercial break. And uh, yeah, lock in. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> this is the Power Hour with Louise Power. हाज वेलफेयर फाउंडेशन में आपका अतिया जिंदगी की उम्मीद आपकी मदद से मुमकिन हुआ दुनिया भर में 30 लाख से ज्यादा खवातीन बुजुर्गों और बच्चों तक साफ पानी की फ्राहमी मुतासरा इलाकों में हंगामी इमदाद यतीम और बेसारा बच्चों की दादरसी इस साल हम आपके ताउन से और आगे बढ़ना चाहते हैं अपनी जकात सदका तो खैरात के जरिए इन मंसूबों का हिस्सा बनिए 
अभी कॉल कीजिए जीरो या हमारी वेबसाइट विजिट करें www.minhajwelfare.org Want to make your business stand out from the crowd? It's time to shine. Here at Signographics, we design and produce signs for shop fronts and offices, making your business stand out. Whether it's LEDs or 3D signs, our experts will be here to guide you from design ideas to installation. For more information, visit us at 51 Green Lane, Ilford, IG1 16G, or call 0208 5146708. 02085146708 Thinking about selling or letting your home? With Maxwell Estates, you don't need to look any further. Well established with over 15 years of experience, Maxwell Estates are specialists in residential sales and lettings. We manage over 200 properties in and around Northwest London, keeping our landlords and tenants updated with all the latest laws and legislations. Based in Edgware, our experienced specialist negotiators always ensure we maximize the full potential of your property. Call us now on 02089520808 for a free no obligation quotation or visit our website www.maxwellestates.co.uk for further information. Maxwell Estates, the name you can trust. If you're looking for a unique bespoke cake made especially for your big day, then look no further. Here at Sugar Sprinkle Cakery, we design some of the most imaginative and delicious home-baked cakes for your special occasions. We do fresh cream, buttercream, eggless and vegan cakes. Check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Sugar Sprinkle Cakery or just call 07932665833. That's 07 9326658233 Looking to get your finances in order? MR Accountants has you covered. We provide a full range of accountancy and taxation services including annual and management accounts, self-assessment tax returns, VAT, bookkeeping and payroll services. We ensure you're kept up to date with the latest legislation and our client-focused approach helps us plan your business finances from savings to investments. We are MR Accountants. Visit our website at mraccountants.com or call us on 02034329138 Nikah talaq counseling on matrimonial disputes Islamic wills Islamic law of inheritance or an Islamic verdict on any other issue the Muslim Sharia council is at your service we provide official certification and our experienced and highly qualified imams are available to provide you with guidance when needed MQI London is based at 292 to 296 Romford Road Forest Gate. We are open from Monday to Friday 2 to 4 p.m. or alternatively call us now on 02082571786. Revive FM 94.0 on the radio on your mobile and online. Hello and welcome back to Revive FM 94.0 with the Power Hour with Louise Power and my guest Mr Eldridge Eldridge Cook. Eldridge is a entrepreneur, motivational speaker and mentor and I'm really happy to have you here today. We've been speaking well. We had a fa- an amazing question just before the commercial break yes, about yes. about uh credit and the effect transfer transfer transference of, of, of credit, credit from from one parent to another who wasn't paying maintenance which was a deep deep question yeah. and actually could open up a whole new show and yes, a, a different time um and you was talking about your incredible journey from selling jeans from the back of your car and going on to have a a shop on the high street and now having a consortium of properties yeah massive massive inspiration for the community where we come from yeah and um which leads me on to ask you a little bit about you know what is your motivation you know what's your daily motivation um who do you lean on for support because as the these martyrs these entrepreneurial strong individuals that we have to be and like you just said you know even more so the man leading the family pressure you know what 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 expectation you, expectation, yeah. expectation you know where's your go to is it faith is it is it you know um certain motivational leaders what what's your go to um well i i you know i've i've read you know um i've read quite a lot of 
books mm-hmm. um, around the self-development kind of field or whatever. And um, I found that kind of helps. Um, I will, um, I will like watch sort of motivational videos and stuff like that. Just keep an eye on what's going on. Look at people like yourself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you look on old, old, good old Facebook and you see people kind of moving on and whatever, and it makes you feel good because you can Inspired. see people coming yep. up. And that's supportive. That's very supportive. Um, I think, and this is what I talk about in men's coaching and stuff, I think men need to um, go and seek therapy. So sometimes I pop in and go and see, speak to a, a therapist and, and, and stuff like mm. that because these are people who don't know you. So when you speak to them, then there's no judgment. When you're dealing with, when you go to friends and people you know and that they've got a picture built up of you. Or an opinion. Yeah, or an opinion or or a picture built up. So when you start speaking to them, it's automatic that they're going to come out with some of their unconscious thoughts or whatever. So I think, um, again, the reason why I went into sort of the men's coaching field is because you read time and time again that people, men don't go out and seek um, knowledge and advice unless it gets into the deep um, psychiatric kind of situation. And is that where... Raise Your Raw comes from. I just love the name. Raise Your Raw. So yeah, Raise Your Raw is it's like a play on word because you've got R-A-W, that's mm-hmm. the raw, and that's like people being raw, being vulnerable, being open. Um, and when you're, when you're in that space, and if you can strip back and, and, and really dig deep, you can then go forward and, and achieve anything. So the raw is, um, I've kind of, it's an acronym. I've, I've created, I've made an acronym yeah, of it. Please. So it's like R, mm-hmm. to realise your dream or your purpose. O is to optimize your vision. A is to have the attitude or the mindset to achieve the said goal or thing. And then R is results. And then you repeat. So it's about coming from a raw state. Can you just repeat that again for me, please? R is realize your dream or purpose. O is to optimize your vision. The A is your attitude or your mindset to achieve that said goal or thing. And then the R is results. And then the double R is uh, repeat. So wow. it's like coming from that raw state. If you, so Something if you, work, you can use daily, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a, what is it? One, two, three, four. A four to five um, word um, letter acronym to success, I call it. And if you, you know, when you work with people, if you work with a coach or if you work with a therapist, you're going to go through a set yeah. of stages. Um, and so that's where it came from, taking you from your raw state, vulnerability, Ability. strip it back. From the, from, from the raw, from right. the R-A-W, A-W. To the R O A R, you're raising it, wow. so you're actually raising. So this is something I came up with, and that comes from looking at the alpha male and what the alpha male um, um, signified and whatever. I know we have problems with toxic masculinity. Some people say the alpha male is kind of a bit toxic. So I kind of looking at the new male, the, the new world alpha, yeah. and raising. And I'd be really role. interested to know: is there anybody out there that's gone from the R A W raw to the raw? Like, what was what was it that you went through? to be able to get there because we know it's not easy it isn't all paved with gold it isn't pretty it isn't always you know looking looking smooth and lovely no you know and there's and there's imposter syndrome isn't there There as well you You know should we tell the people what imposter syndrome is so um and i I think that's a big one and that's why i touched in the beginning and sort was a bit open about sort of like the two dad thing yeah and as i said if you want to know more look on the website and i kind of i'm quite open about that and then because you go through you didn't really have the role models or the or the structure you go to school no one expects anything Mm -hmm. nothing from you you go out there you don't do what everyone else is doing in the community so 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 it's a bit lonely there you kind of achieve things and and i think this is the first public um conversation i've had and i've talked about my properties because I normally don't talk about the properties. Mm. And that's where something like imposter syndrome comes in because you feel like you're not worthy of. It's not wow. like, yeah. you're like, I'm, I've got this. Do portfolio. I deserve this? Do I deserve this? Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, it's such a, um, so, but, but for, 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 the, for the listeners out there, these things are things where you're going to read in self-development books and whatever, whatever, but, but it's, it's real. And it's I real. think a lot of, big celebrities or you know people who have come from certain backgrounds they suffer this there's another one i was going to share with you that it's called um and i read this in lenny henry's book the other day and it's um what's that one called survivor's guilt not heard of that survivor's guilt so people who are famous they kind of um feel guilty that they've got through so if i if i realize that to the street so you, i may have somebody in my peer group who went to the same school um, you know, went to the same college or whatever, but 20, 30 years on, they've not really, they're, they're kind of maybe struggling, but I'm not then. 
right yeah so you kind of feel so you can't have the conversations i can't go along like you've made me say all this so now people know i've got a property portfolio portfolio, yeah yeah. but if you go along some people may frown at that you know people Mm. might you know so you feel like okay i'm I'm okay so i've survived this is really interesting so it's another it's, it's another it's another form of guilt that you can have as an entrepreneur and and this is this is because entrepreneurs who have gone you know gone you know million trillion ten ten million they like they came from somewhere they didn't they were didn't always have that situation so there there were a lot of psychological effects and that's why i look at in um men's coaching what what my kind of area that i look at is um procrastination i look at a lot wow. and um self-sabotage because there's, there's self-sabotage there's a lack of focus your self-esteem and confidence time management i think a lot area. of people that, area. i think mm. a lot of people that intend to do things in business certainly the people that i come across i give my time to mm-hmm. i you know i do a lot of pro bono work with people from the community that want to start their own business we start from scratch we start from mvp like minimal viable products mm-hmm. what is it you want to do mm-hmm. this is the idea mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten when i have those consultations and i have those conversations the thing that has stopped them from the idea to the doing is always procrastination yes. it is something that people just sit and tell themselves they'll do it tomorrow yes they'll do it next week yes um i don't have access to this or i don't it's it's all let, of these let me thoughts. be raw let me yeah, be, be, raw. be raw yeah excuses yes. and when you tell people about they're making excuses they look at you and and you talk about pro bono work and i know we don't have a lot of time but yeah. i used to do a lot of that and then what I found is when, when people don't commit, when you don't have a financial commitment, mm-hmm. that is a part of the reason why you will procrastinate because you haven't really financially they committed. They haven't invested in yourself. Yeah, they haven't invested. So because they haven't invested, it's easier for them to procrastinate because they've, they've exchanged nothing. And that is a bit of a bugbear for me. And, and that's why I came here today um, to speak with you because yeah. I, I, I know the work you're doing and I really want to commend it. But myself, I've had to create as my therapist tells me create boundaries <laughs> and 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 i think it's really beautiful for us off the back of that for the last few minutes to talk about now we know that there's imposter syndrome there's survival survivor's guilt survivor's guilt there is procrastination um what can advice can we give people to offer them hope to say look these are the things that you should be thinking about doing um, I think that you know you're a great example, um, and by no means did like we said it isn't pretty. So what you know for the just quickly for the last few minutes, if you could just say, give people some advice, the sort of things you would tell your younger self as yes. well. Yeah? Yes. What, okay. what can we tell them? What, what advice can we say? Like when I say self belief, yeah, and we're so talking basic. about all of these aspiring young black men, yep. especially that are yep. coming up. What 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 are we what are we what are we telling it's them? Self belief, um, self belief. Don't bother with the shortcuts. Um, so, so the quick fix, the, um, ju- the the quick fix, and the mediocrity I call it, um, and um, instant gratification, ladder, because that is exactly what it what it says. There's short term quick fix situations. They're not going to take you anywhere. They may may make you look good for a period of time, but when that's worn out or whatever happens to you in those scenarios then you can't tap into anything. Now, I can tap into information that I learned when I was 20 because I'm free to walk and, and expand my, my horizon. So consistent, be cons- believe in yourself, be consistent and just just show love. Show love. All, each and every day yeah. and be grateful for the simple things. Yeah. Don't, my mum told me this. And having don't, faith and belief in yourself. Believe, you have to, self-belief, that's what yes. I said. And, and, and my mum told me this, don't watch what people have because yes. you don't know where they got it from. Yes. And if you have those simple principles and you educate, invest in yourself, seek knowledge. There's a problem in the community. What I've found is that everybody wants to be boss before they've started. And so for me, ask somebody, how did you get there? Yeah, yeah. What, what did you do Lose to the do ego. that? You Lose know, the ego. Be, li- be, be vulnerable. Listen. Vulnerability. And learn from other people. Yeah. Ask the questions and yeah. stop watching people and trying to compete. And I've definitely, definitely, this is shout out to the community that I come from. People tend to yeah. look and compete instead of just saying, like, how did you get there? 
Yeah. My name yeah. is Eldridge Cook from EldridgeCook.com. <laughs> Thank you for raising your raw with the Power Hour 94.0 Revive FM, Louise Power and Mr. Eldridge Cook. Thank you so much for being locked in. Um, we've run out of time. Thank you very much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Keep doing what you're doing. You're special. Thank you very much. And so are you. Thank you. And we'll see you again next week at the same time, 4 p.m. till 5 p.m. Take care. Bye.